welcome to the Junction Church Aberdeen podcast. We're so glad you chose to listen to this life-changing message. We're going to read um, from Luke's Gospel, um, chapter 1 and verse 46, and we're going to be doing um, Mary's song, um, which uh, is known in traditional churches as the Magnificat. And it's... um, it's, it's a cat that's magnificent. And uh, <laughs> that was the joke that was going around the house yesterday. And uh, it's a Magnificat, and, uh, <laughs> um, which is uh, Latin for uh, magnification, to magnify. And uh, this is Mary's, Mary's song uh, in Luke 1.46. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Saviour for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant for behold henceforth all generations will call me blessed for he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name and his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. He has spoken to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. Now this is an amazing song that Mary declares a it, we, we call it a song. Um, actually, I assume she spoke it. It is taken at the time that after she has discovered that she's pregnant, she goes to stay with Elizabeth, her cousin. And Elizabeth is pregnant with John the Baptist. And as, and as um, Mary walks in, so um, Elizabeth, the Bible says, is filled with the Holy Spirit. And John, who is in her womb, leaps within her womb in the, in the presence of the Lord. And, and so Elizabeth starts to prophesy over Mary. And um, as she does so, the house is just filled with the presence of God. And Mary responds with this incredible um, Holy Spirit-filled revelation of what God has done within her. Now, I think it's an incredible response because, let's face it, when God does something for us it's always a blessing and a bit of trouble too right there's always trouble when God turns up it's not just oh it's going to be fine because God said trust me if God said it's going to be fine but you're still going to have trouble we've had a lot of trouble over the years we've had many difficulties over the years and you imagine here's Mary right she's promised to a man a good man and she's just had an angel come and tell her she's pregnant now no angel has told Joseph at to this point why she's pregnant <laughs> and she even though God has spoken this promise to her she still has problems the problem is how does she explain it to her parents <laughs> I mean How do you explain it to a religious and small-minded society? How do you explain it to a 
community. Bethlehem, a small town, that small town mindset where everybody knows what you're doing and what's going on around you. How do you explain it to the priests and the Pharisees and the lawyers and the scribes and all of those who just love to tear down and and point the finger and judge and declare? How do you explain all of that? No, no, honestly, an angel appeared and it's a virgin. I'm a virgin and I'm pregnant. Honest. You just know she's got problems. And God came and she knows it's God. But she's still got problems because she knows that it's, it's not going to go down well. And she's just trusting that God is going to be with her through this time. And so here she is and she declares this song. Now, this song isn't really, it's not really about the song. It's about Mary's heart. It's about her response. And it's wrapped up in this verse, this whole message is about the first response that Mary says, my soul magnifies the Lord. You see, Mary had a soul that was capable of magnifying what God was saying rather than shrinking what God was doing. You see, within our hearts, we have souls that magnify or we have souls that shrink. We respond differently according to the same promises and the same blessings that we are faced with. Just depending on the health and the nature of our heart. But Mary had a soul that could magnify. She had a soul that could see what was faced in front of her and she magnified it within her. In other words, she had greater capacity on the inside of her heart. It's gone dark here. That's better. Get over here. <laughs> she, <laughs> she had a capacity within her soul to be able to expand the blessings that God had placed within her. To not see the trouble, but to see what God is saying and to be able to magnify it within her heart. Wow. Now, I don't know how many of you have ever um, looked at the moon through binoculars. One of my, it was, it's generally a, a, a holiday pastime of mine or when we used to go camping. We don't really do camping anymore. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know why we don't do camping anymore. And uh, so we, but we don't do camping. But we, when I used to go camping, always had a, a, a binoculars and um, we would, um, the, the, the only thing you can look at really is just up and you look at the moon. And you can look at other people, but you know, and uh, <laughs> do that as well. Oh, I say, and uh, so, so there you are. And <laughs> actually, we had this telescope. I won't tell that story. Right, we got. <laughs> so we, <laughs> when you look at the moon through binoculars, the image changes. When you, we all see the moon, we've just, the moon's now beginning to, to uh, wane and it's, um, as it's getting smaller. So, uh, but when the moon just recently, it was just huge and it was low and it was just this beautiful great moon and you've got this lovely sort of benevolent, benevolent sort of smiley face that it appears to have. 
But as soon as you get binoculars, you look at the moon and you see the craters. You don't see the smiley face. You see, you see what it really is. You see the details of the moon. And everything that your natural eye can't see is now magnified and your perception changes and everything about what you're looking at changes because you've magnified it. Now what Mary did was she got a word from God and it dropped into her heart and instead of shrinking from what God had spoken, she began to magnify what the Lord had spoken. My soul magnifies the Lord. In other words, she paid closer attention to the promises of the Lord and began to see differently what God had promised over her. Now we have to be able to see differently what God had promised. It says in Psalm 103, this is uh, a verse that I found written down. Actually, my, my dad had written this scripture. He hadn't written, he'd just written it down and left it in his Bible. Um, one of the um, things that I got when he passed away. And this, was, this note was written just at the front of his Bible. Psalm 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your mouth is renewed like the eagles. You see, when you begin to magnify, when you begin to declare what God is speaking and what He has spoken over your life, you begin to change your perception. You begin to see that Jesus Christ is blessing you and your faith begins to grow. But we have to be determined that we're going to make a choice. Are we ones like Mary who was blessed by what she had received or are we like those who shrink away from the blessings. You know, there are many who have received a word from God but have pulled back. How many? See, we never know the names of the people that didn't obey the Lord. They're never recorded. But God speaks to a lot of hearts. And your heart either magnifies or it shrinks at the voice of what is spoken on the inside. You see, we all read the same Bible. Do you know, it's, it's, it's amazing when you... Um, when you talk to some people and you talk to people who, who sound bitter with their lot in life that their life has been somehow bad to them that they have been cursed that they have been unlucky that their world is much harder than somebody else's world but you know we breathe the same air that Richard Branson breathes we have the same 24 hours in the same day that he has. Do you understand me here? We, there is nothing in this world that he has that we don't have of natural resource and opportunity. Do you understand? But, but some people see the greats and the successful and their heart shrinks rather than magnifies. 
They look at their life and their heart shrinks and they, they shrink from what is what God has blessed them with and so they're unable to see its possibility and they're unable to see its opportunity. But you know, when your soul begins to magnify the Lord, you begin to receive revelation on how to live a life that is faith-filled and able to do great things. And see, Mary, she began to expand her heart. She began to speak of the blessings that God had spoken, just like this psalm that says, My soul will bless the Lord and forget not all His benefits. Suddenly the psalmist here is declaring, I'm not going to forget, as Cheryl was saying earlier, I'm not going to forget, I'm going to remember, I'm going to write it down, and I'm going to magnify it, and I'm going to expand it, and I'm going to look at it, and I'm going to understand it so that I can walk in it in a greater fashion. You know, I remember I was speaking recently to a lady who had been having some trouble. Not in this church. You're all right. <laughs> Everyone here can be, oh, it's not talking about me. And uh, all the guys were okay anyway. And uh, so <laughs> I was talking recently to a lady and she was having some trouble in life. Keep it at that. And uh, so she's having some trouble and the trouble is more on the inside than it is on the outside. See, see, a lot of people in life, they have a lot of trouble. Who knows what trouble feels like? But you know, the trouble you have in life, most of it's on the inside than it is on the outside. If you deal with the inside, you can deal with the outside. But if you, you try and deal with the outside, people want the outside fixed, but they don't want to deal with the inside because the inside is where their bad attitude is. And they don't want to fix that. So I start speaking to her about the inside. I start speaking to her about her confession of faith. I start speaking to her about the blessings that God has given over her and things that she needs to do to change the way that she speaks, to change her language, to change her, her, her heart attitude toward God, to pray and to declare His promises and change her confession. I'm just speaking just basic things. And this is her response. Yeah... But you know, and then went off the list of the troubles again. She didn't, watch, I just opened up to her. I opened up scripture. I opened up blessings. I opened up simple steps, skills. I spent ages talking through. I might as well speak, been speaking in some foreign language. I could have been standing on my head, spinning around, going, for all the good it did her. It didn't do her any good at all. Because what she did was she took it all and then she just shrank it right down like you would take binoculars and put them the wrong way round and everything just is far away. You can't see the detail. You don't understand it at all. She diminished everything I did into almost nothing and I was left going, I feel really rubbish at this job. I don't <laughs> I'm thinking, well, I... I don't, I've got nothing else to offer you. Clearly, Jesus isn't enough. <laughs> He's not enough for your life because I don't know what she wanted. I don't know what it was. Maybe she wanted somebody else to fix her problem for her so that she could carry on being herself without ever changing the inside. But you have to change the inside of your heart. You have to deal with what is on the inside. You either magnify 
what is on the inside or you shrink it. When God speaks a word of promise, you either magnify it or you shrink it. You either don't believe it, you pull back from it, or you take it and you go, God, I'm believing this and I'm going to spend time, I'm going to concentrate it, I'm going to think about it, and I'm going to see how this can grow within my heart rather than this, this, these, these promises causing me trouble. You see, 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 when we believe in God, we get trouble. We've had trouble all the way along the road. We've trouble. It was just, I remember when the Lord spoke to us to, to come to Aberdeen. It wasn't really trouble, but it was like, well, we've got families surrounding us. I've got a business. We've got young children in school. What, what do you do? It's like God spoke to us and, and everything had to be turned upside down. We had to move to a country we had never been to. We had to move to a city where we knew not a soul. We had to, we had to come into a place of country kids from a small town into this enormous city of Aberdeen that felt so huge and it had buildings that were more than two stories high. And walking down the street and it's like in our hearts we had to magnify what it was that God, my soul, magnifies the Lord. And when you magnify the Lord in your greatest trial, in the time when you're following Him, you begin to discover that God has got even more for you than what you originally saw. You know, it says in Deuteronomy chapter 30, I'm going to read a a verse for you because when Mary magnified the Lord, she spoke wisdom. And wisdom is what everybody wants. But a lot of people fail to find. You see, wisdom is found in your heart, not in your knowledge. All right? Because, you know, I've known people who are, have doctorates in theology and, and are not born again. And, and they, can, they can chase me out the room with, with, their, with their remembrance of Scripture. But the heart's still foolish. And that is, there's, actually, that has to be more foolish than anything else. I, I had a pastor many years ago... Um, who was, a, who was a dear friend of ours. He was one of a, um, a man that had a huge influence on that very much in the early days. And he had been a, a Methodist minister and on the um, Guernsey. He'd been a Methodist minister on, in Guernsey. And he had an evangelist come over. And this guy uh, was fluent in Hebrew uh, and Greek. Um, and he was an absolute theologian. Uh, he knew the Bible inside out. And he had, an, he had this guy come over to preach the gospel in his church, and he got born again. He was the minister. <laughs> he got born again in his own church. And, uh, <laughs> which is kind of like, how does that even work? He's a Hebrew and Greek scholar. And it took a man to come and preach the simple gospel of Jesus Christ to discover that it wasn't knowledge that brings forth wisdom. It is rather the response of the humility of your heart. You see, knowledge is important for revelation. Knowledge is important for walking in the things of God. But without wisdom, you can't do anything with it. You know, I've, I can read. I remember having a, a Haynes. Who remembers the days of Haynes manuals? There's a few old hands going up. 
everywhere else is like, what? Haynes produced all these manuals for every car that was produced. Haynes would take that car, they would strip it down, and they would put it back together, and they would do all the drawings, and they would create a manual of how to repair that car. And I had an a, uh, Austin Mini Metro. I was 20 years of age, and uh, don't laugh, I thought it was nice. And uh, I could have been wrong. I was wrong. It was a terrible car. But I had an Austin, and I bought a Haynes manual to repair it. And in the Haynes manual gave me all the knowledge of how to repair the car. Do you know what? I could have been reading Chinese. I don't know how to repair a car. I have no idea what they were talking about. I would read it, I would go out, I would look at it, and then I would look at the manual, and then I would find right at the underneath it says, except for model, one point. No, that's the model that I've got. Why? Why, why does it have to be different for my car? And I would look at it. See, see, without wisdom, knowledge is useless. But Mary, she had been raised in a good Jewish home with good Jewish tradition, but she wouldn't have been a theologian and she wouldn't have been schooled in great knowledge, but rather her heart would have been pure toward God and out of a pure heart, comes forth amazing revelation and comes forth incredible wisdom. How does that work? I'll tell you how it works right back in Deuteronomy. The most, some of the most amazing verses of grace are spoken here in Deuteronomy. Let me give this to you. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 11. For this commandment, which I command you today, is not too mysterious for you, nor is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, who will ascend into heaven for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it. Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will go over to the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it. But the word is near, very near you in your mouth and in your heart that you may do it. See, I have said it before you today, life and good, death and evil, in that I command you today to the love the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments, his statutes and his judgments that you may live and multiply. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. But if your heart turns away so that you do not hear and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I announce to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over to Jordan to go in and possess. I call heaven and earth as witness today and against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. You see, Mary simply chose. She made a decision. I choose blessing. I choose the blessing of God. You know, so often we think it's so difficult. We think it's so complicated. I want to tell you, if there are only two brain cells bobbing around between your ears... You still have the capacity of making a simple good decision to trust God. It is all. And the Bible says the word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. It's time for you to start declaring it. You might not know it. You may not remember it. Many people say, but I can't remember the word. Well, you know what? I can't always remember what I want to remember until I need to remember it. But the word is written within me. I know that I have read it. I know that I have prayed it. I know that I have heard it. And I know the word is not some dead recited 
script of which has been written, but it is alive. Jesus Christ, the Word became flesh, lives in me. The Bible is written within my heart and it is discovered with a simple choice. I'm going to do the good thing. I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to walk after God. I'm going to magnify what God has promised in my heart. I'm not going to shrink back. I'm not going to make that foolish decision. I remember a while ago speaking to a young man he was talented, he was musical, he had lots of friends. And I remember, but in his eye was a wildness. You could see it was in his eye. And I remember looking at him thinking, oh, God, please, don't let the wildness. You could see within his eye was, was folly. That it was like a good decision, a bad decision. The bad is just, you know. You know he's going to buy the fastest car there ever is and you know he's going to smash it up. You know that... He's going to be with mates and he'll be the one that, that drinks the drink. He's, you know, you can see it in his eyes that this choice, I'm going, I'm praying for him. But sure enough, the wildness within him, he choose, he would just choose. And I remember seeing him not that long ago, just saw him in the street and I, I saw, look, the brokenness of his own foolish decision making. And I saw, and I went to speak up to him and I'm thinking, here may be a chance here just to speak to him, just to see whether that choice, making decision was, had broken his heart but sure enough no still choosing folly and yet looking at his life and going but I don't understand well don't you understand choose life and you will receive life choose blessing and you will receive a blessing follow the things of God and you will find the blessings of God will you have trouble sure you think it was an easy ride for Mary no it wasn't an easy ride the Bible doesn't tell you what she had to go through before she got to Elizabeth what did she say to people when she left how did she deal with all of that we don't know the Bible decides not to tell us but I'm telling you I'm pretty sure that it was a difficult but she chose life and she magnified the Lord and she began to walk in faith and declare the glory of God you see what she was doing was she was making Christ who she carried within her heart the center of her life she made him the center and not herself. You see, folly is simply making you the center of your life. And everything else around has to fit into that. But what about me? What about my issues? What about... You know what? If you make Jesus Christ the center... Let me finish with this scripture. A beautiful scripture in Philippians chapter 1. Philippians 1 verse 19. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. According to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed. But with all boldness, as always, so now also, Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Paul, he had trouble, but he made Jesus Christ the center, and he knew he couldn't lose. He said, I can live, and I'm blessed. I can die, and I'm even more blessed. 
They can do what they like. Man can. But Jesus Christ is the centre of my life. That was his message. My soul will magnify the Lord. Let's stand up, shall we? For more information about the church, visit us online at www.thejunctionchurch.com or come along and see for yourself in one of our services.